Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Just, 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 just
rock him. Said it all. Yep, yep. The saga begins.
lives While your motherfucking troops keep killing our kids Dead Don't be surprised if you see us Couple with nothing but artillery to free us Motherfucker Damn Mr. President Tell us what to do These niggas stacking up in the hood
true or worse spoken to Pop when that letter to the president. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter whether it's Democrat, you know what I'm saying, or Republican. You know, this thing is an epidemic. You know what I'm saying? We got people getting pulled over for, you know, many Minneapolis, you know what I'm saying? Talking about shooting a brother who was pulling out his ID card for his, his ID as well as his gun permit. Told the officer that he was pulling out his gun permit. You know, had it not been for his girlfriend actually recording the thing on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? We wouldn't have known anything that was going on. You know what I'm saying? This this young woman had to sit up and watch, you know what I'm saying, his girlfriend, you know what I'm saying, um, explain to herself that this man was a registered uh, car member for being able to carry a gun. You know, shot in front of this woman, killed in front of this woman. This is a man that was loved, that was loved by people you know, in school ladies working here. This guy was like a counselor and a teacher. You know what I'm saying? I saw some signs outside where they were putting a vigil for him in, you know, in, uh, in Minnesota where, man, how do you love this thing? You know what I'm saying? To identify him as a uh, cafeteria supervisor at the Monticero School. But he was also a counselor of sorts because he always had positive things pass on to the students. You know, they said right there with the signs out in front of the Monticello uh, school that this man fed the children. You know, had no police background whatsoever. You know, said so he was trying to, to get it in by just, you know, uh, showing that he had ID, showing that he had a that he had a fire. Yeah, he was gunned down anyway. We all know what happened to Eric Gardner. Eric Gardner was doing the same thing, basically, that Alton Sterling was doing. You know what I'm saying? Making side sales out in front of the store. For Eric Gardner, it was cigarettes. For Alton Sterling, he was, you know, CDs and or, and or movies. You know what I'm saying? Down in Baton Rouge. State Capitol, no less. And these three brothers were gunned down while doing, basically, Nothing but just kind of exist, just kind of getting the hustle on in front of the store. And in both cases, when Mr. Castillo and, and Mr. Uh, Sterling, uh, pardon me, Eric Gardner and uh, Alton Sterling, neither one of these fellas, you know, the store owner didn't have no problem with them standing out there. They had been out there for years, you know, but instead of honoring these fellas, Instead of, you know, allowing them to just do what they were doing, basically, you know, the, the cops just kind of bum-rushed them and then went off on them. And in each case, none of these cases, whether it's Eric Gardner or Castillo or Clyde Martin or, or whoever the victim was, there was no reason for these uh, four gentlemen and multiple others to be killed the way they were killed. And yet the brutality goes on and goes on and goes down. You know what I'm saying? Sandra Glenn. You know what I'm saying? Going down to Texas, just trying to go there for a job. She also had no criminal background. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's crazy 
to sit up here and see how these folks were just remorse whatsoever. And each and every time these officers get an extra vacation, a paid vacation, even though they rob these people of their lives. You know, and yet we always hear the same business. When are we going to be peace? Let's be peace. Let's try to just get along. Let's just try to get through it. Well, what happens when we continue to be peaceful and yet we continue to be murdered at the same time? How many more times do innocent people, African Americans, have to be have to be killed? I don't want to say a past, but you know, when when will we be able to be uh, you know, de escalated? From you know, and, and without being shot and killed, you know, you know, a lot of the tension that's felt in the in the black community is due in part to the fact that, you know, they, uh, you know, they fear the police because there's such a negative view. You have policemen that actually literally sit up and you know escalate stuff before it happens. Comedian, you know, Paul Moody said. You know, you're tired of us using the race card when it comes down to these events. Well, we're tired of you using the mental health card. Okay? Every time something happens with white folks, you know, it's it's uh, something as simple as, uh, you know what I'm saying? It could be something as simple, like I said, as cigarettes or, or gum or something or, or, or whatever, and somehow... They murder somebody, they do something, and, or kill someone. And in the case of that shot all the people up in the church in South Carolina, this Dylan Roof guy, they fed this guy a whopper on his way to jail. They made sure he had something to eat. They pat him on the back. There's a story I get here where it said the attorneys of the mother, uh, uh, the mother and Matthew shooter, wanted the charges dropped. Dylan Roof's lawyer, Sarah Garnett, said the charges are extremely grave under Constitution and um, they are not properly charged. Well, if you go into a church of all places and murder a bunch of do you really need for the charges to be, you know, charged? Do we really need to do, you know, a whole bunch of, a bunch of stuff and, and make sure that everything is cool and that everything is okay for this individual? He just killed multiple people in the church house. Since here, the defense attorneys for Dylan Roof have asked the federal judge to drop charges against him, according to U.S. News and World Report, prosecutors have until 25th of July to respond. Roof's federal trial is set for November. Roof 22 is facing uh, state and federal uh, prosecution charges. And they're seeking the death for the shooting last year of nine black people in the Emmanuel A.M.E. Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Prosecutors are pursuing 33 charges against them, including hate crimes and obstructing, you know, the practice of religion. Yet in court, documents filed Tuesday, the attorneys argued that the case should be left to the state authorities saying that the federal government does not have the constitutional authority to prosecute him under the Commerce Clause of the Amendment and makes this action, uh, makes slavery illegal. Are you fucking kidding me? 
for real? This man murdered nine people. Now, I don't know. Now, yesterday we just heard a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of shuffling, a whole bunch of, you know, stuff going on because of what happened down in Dallas, which, yes, was a true tragedy. But here you got a guy that kills nine people, count nine people, including a U.S. senator, while they're praying. And he goes in and snuffs up their lives. Yes, somehow, somehow, okay, you want to give this guy a break. First, you give him a whopper on the way to jail because he had eaten. <laughs> and then you allow this clown to run off and be able to, to have a burden. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and you don't want to drop charges on a guy that murdered nine people. What kind of insult is this? What kind of insult of common sense? Let's change gears. Let's go over to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay? As touted by CNN, this particular case. It says a homeless man made a 9-11 call that brought police to a convenience store where Alton Sterling was shot dead. A source with knowledge of the investigation told CNN that he was selling CDs outside the Triple S Mart in Baton Rouge. When a homeless man approached him and asked for money, Sterling shoved him with his gun, sources said. I told you to leave me alone, Sterling told him, according to another source. Okay? Now, let's keep in mind, unlike he was treated, he didn't busted caps in this guy. And everybody, according to, you know, all these, you know, gun-toting, you know, NRA card-carrying people out here, that you have the right to defend yourself. You have the right to for equal protection under the law. Yet, somehow, probably wasn't a gun. But for to sit up here, though, and get this man pinned on the ground, and that's the beauty of, 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 of video cameras. And, of course, amazingly, amazingly, the policeman gun, or excuse me, the policeman's body gun that was on his body magically, as if by magic, fell on the ground. And, you know what I'm saying, they couldn't, they couldn't, you know, understand how the body camera came off. But I'll tell you what, folks, we got enough video and enough, you know, evidence with our eyes, and you know what I'm saying? They always say that the hand's quicker than the eye, right? Well, not in this case because we saw all that we needed to see, you know, out of, the, out of these people, and we saw all we needed to see so far as, you know, once again, the same old justice that, you know, that we always see when it comes down to us. We, oh, we got the opportunity to, to see what went down. We got the opportunity to to see how, you know, justice works. But this man is murdered, and you got cops that are already on top of them. But somehow, here, here are cops that get an opportunity to basically have paid leave. They get to go home for a couple of weeks, think it over, or they piece together the story that they want to, you know, present to the rest of us and show us, you know, somehow that, you know, this was another justified killing, or in the case of, of this announcer, a justifiable murder. 
because when you already got a man pinned down and you're able to pull this kind of thing, um, you know, and get away with it, it is amazing how many times you get away with it. It's amazing how many times, you know, these actions happen. But we're still continuing to be told to be peace and be calm and relax. You know, I mean, how many how many more times do we have to watch, you know, our kinfolk and our family get married? How many more people are going to have to be buried before there's some real signs going on? We have at least at least 25 individuals. I, I, I grabbed it out of a, a map yesterday that was sent to me uh, from my producer uh, that she sent me this information where it showed a graph across the United States where it showed more people last year got killed by police gun violence against civilians, most of the time unarmed black civilians, get handled in such a way where at the height of the lynchings that they had in this country where black people were under the thumb of whites that were lynching and murdering in massive numbers, those numbers were actually lower than the police shootings that happened around the country, right, all, all of last year. What amazes me and continues to amaze me is how easily something can happen and cops get caught lying. Somehow they weren't going to be able to survive through the night because you know, their lives were in danger. And somehow they were, uh, you know, the subject of a homicide. Yet you go back and you do the investigation. And even if they're found doing wrongdoing, they'll be terminated and then return a couple of months later. But they want us to be peace and be calm and relax and everything is going to be okay and don't worry about it. I mean, you know, I mean, how much more do we have to deal with? How much more of this is going to happen before there's some actual nominal change that shows us that we're not just, you know, uh, target practice? As far as I'm concerned, you know, we're just we're just target practice. You know, I don't understand it. You know, there's no way that you can uh, really explain, you know, how this how this, um, and we just sit here, we have to just kind of put up with it and, you know, act like everything is okay and act like everything is is peace when it's not. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's unfortunate that we have to, you know, continue, you know, to suck, literally like sucker tags through this thing and continue to watch our children, our mothers, you know, little babies, continue to watch them get murdered. We have to continue to watch them go through atrocious, atrocious bullshit. It's incredible. We have a phone guest, you know, on, um, you know, T-Wheel, the villain. And uh, I'm going to bring him in after this brief break. And I'm sure that coming from the South, and yes, Texas, right up the street from where we saw the shooting. Um, 
you know, he'll be able to give us, you know, his 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 insight as well. Because this this stuff is so horrific and it's such a tragedy that you know what I'm saying, um, his insight is very important because he'll be able to uh, you know, kind of put you up on the on the score of things, you know, that are happening. Crazy stuff that's happening. I'm not even going to go to a commercial break yet. I'm going to go ahead and bring him on in now because uh, we discussed this last night, and it was very important. He will reveal. Good evening. Welcome to the show. The business, the business, what's the motherfucking business, brother tells? The motherfucking business tonight, the business, the business, the business. There's a lot of dirty business. You know, murdering of our people, the uncapped and unbridled, just outright homicide on unarmed people, the murdering of people that, you know what I'm saying, a simple taillight stop, you know, a simple, you know, just trying to, you know, go to the store and come back and can't make it. Man, why don't you really drop some science on that? Well, bro, Nils, man, I mean, Simple and plain. We all see what's going on. They put it in our face, you know what I'm saying? It's letting us see it, and they're not hiding it. Like I said last night, you know, somebody brought up a point and said, once Donald Trump got to say, let's get America back right. It's like these motherfuckers are going crazy. And uh, now I came up with a little, you know, I said, well, I kind of got the idea of what they're doing because if you notice since this shit's been happening, man, we ain't heard nothing about ISIS. You know, ISIS, ISIS has disappeared. Before then, ISIS was on every every outlet, and that was one of the main things we were talking about, especially when we were speaking on terrorism. And, you know, when you have people running up on cops, man, and, 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 and while these cops are in the cars, man, and shooting these cops, people are getting tired, and they're at the point of, man, I got to get there before they get me. And I think that, man... Uh, you know, a lot of times we always say, you know, we talk about Illuminati and they put all these different things in these movies, and we look at the movies like the movies not real, and 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 but in reality they really put what their intentions is in the movie because they want us to think it's not real when we see it's happening, and the shit is real. And what I'm talking about is the movie The Purge. We we in the Purge, man. They trying to put us in the Purge. Well, that's a crime. Nothing but killing gonna be going on because if the cops keep killing us, man, pretty we gonna get tired of that. Five people stepping on your toes, you gonna do something. You know what I'm saying, and, and, and as far as us, you know, taking it, you know, like I said, I said it on the song. You know, you push us to the point, but we 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 will never break. But how much more can my people take? How much more? I mean, it's reality. It's a harsh, it's a harsh reality, you know. But I mean, we know, we see it. So I don't, I don't see part of what we're trying to stress. We all see what's going on with the color. We've been seeing it. To me, it's like we trying to march and we trying to convince the white folks to finally say that what they're doing is wrong. And by some of the bad things that's going on, yeah, some white people. 
is admitting that this wrong. You have way more of them that's uh, glorified. Well, not glorified to me. They just bad. They can own it. You know, when you you start to look for a uh, uh, reason why you can say, well, he shouldn't have did this, or he should have put his hands up, or it's like, okay, yeah, we can and then we get put in that situation. Nobody never knows what to do for them now. You know what I'm saying? Like you said last night, I don't have to keep my hands on the wheel. I said, I do what I do. Yeah. 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 You have no doubt in your mind that I was making a move for anything. You know, yeah, I don't keep them up, but I want you to see. And not all cops are bad, but I mean, you have more cops. My, my thing is still, too, like we talked about last night. How many more times can we be told to be calm and to be peace? You know what I'm saying? How many more times? Can we be, you know, can we march? How many more miles are we going to march? How much more shoe leather? You know what I'm saying? I mean, how much how much more, you know, how much more are we going to be expected to endure with this going I'll down? Like you know, you know what's a good thing? I mean, we can just find some shit and Google it, like trying to add on to it. What all the march, all the marching we did, man, and all the protests and marches that we didn't see. How many miles? How many miles? So many, like, like you said, cheap, you know. Like, we have to cheap pretty soon. You know, we talk now. You know, like, pretty soon this thing's gonna start burning. I mean, I mean, and I hate to say it, you know, like, you know, another startup in there, whatever, man, but I mean, what exactly are we looking at, man? Like, things get fixed, but they have to do the fix. And to, if they don't think that they're doing anything wrong, well, then they don't think that something needs to be fixed, you know? And you know, like I said, from Texas, Texas to the East Coast to the West Coast, it don't matter where you at, man. They killing you, and you got, uh, you got, like, you know, they have people that they they, they, they hurry up and explain to the brother that did the shooting of the cops, you know, in the process, other people got shot. You know, this man is a military dude. You don't know he could have been with the post traumatic stress. And a lot of these, uh, a lot of these ex-military dudes are cops. Yeah, we don't know if they coming back with it or not. So you know, we just live in these days and now, and they trying to turn the purpose, man. So correct. Everybody gonna, everybody gonna be happy, carrying something. It's gonna be scary. But they gonna be, they gonna think anything on the edge when they coming to you. So. I don't know. Uh, I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, just talking about it. Um, 
after you bring her to top in, my ball but something to you. She's saying it's it's solid, man, because like you said, all the margin and stuff is one thing, but this this whole thing about, you know, being peace and, and become it's it's really getting tougher to do, man, because we keep seeing folks dying off. Let's see who we got calling in. Six one two, welcome to the show. When will it stop? Who we got in the building? What's going on? What's going on, guys? Um I think um I think I'll probably look at it this in the sense that we have to be careful when we deal with the media. And the media has done a very good job of overhyping these little isolated incidents and making it seem like it's a massive systematic thing. And what they're doing is they're trying to get people to react in a way that's going to be detrimental to ourselves. For example, when the Rodney King riots in L.A. took place, where did the vast majority of damage happen in the black community? Fast forward to Baltimore with Freddie Gray. Where did all the damage take place in the black community? It wasn't like these people were getting up and going to the suburbs and destroying the white neighborhoods. They destroyed their own neighborhoods. And the media, very, you know, they know, they know how that they can get black people angry really quick by just constantly talking about this whole police issue. They want that. They want to see you know, Chicago or New York or whatever. They want to see these neighborhoods being burnt to the ground. They know that. You know what I'm saying? They, so we as people have to be smarter than that. You can't, you cannot allow yourself to be manipulated like this. For example, man, these things happen. It's unfortunate. It's sad. We feel bad for the individuals that lost their lives. But in, for the most part, man, let's be real here. In 2016, let's be honest now. The vast majority of dealings between cops and people aren't that bad. It ain't like it used to be. It used to be every single dealing was something negative. Now, it ain't that bad, man. Don't let the media overhype this stuff. It ain't that serious. And don't let these, what I call, these uh, these social justice superheroes get you all riled up. These people who come in a community and start doing this social craziness, they're people that are exploiting people. They want the political influence to, from people to get behind them. And oftentimes they, they get these movements started. They sell people this dream that we're going to do this and this and this. But at the end of the day, what ends up happening, nothing changes. They got some money and they got some, you know, some fame, some 15 minutes of fame. They, they pocketed something and then they moved on. And all these people that they were supposedly trying to help, nothing changes. And so we've seen this. We've seen this happen over and over and over again. How many times are we gonna co- are we gonna replay this? People need to just let it go. It ain't that serious. You live in America in 2016. You have opportunities that don't exist for the vast majority of people on the planet right now. And so right now you should be focused on developing yourself, taking care of your families, build up the community, just do your part, and don't let this nonsense get you out of the way. That's it. So now, when you talk about political organizations, which ones are you speaking of? You know, when I talk about the social justice heroes? Right. Okay, I'll give you an example of what I mean, right? Take somebody like, um, take a, take a Al Sharpton, for example, giving an example of what I mean. There's many like him, but let's just use him in particular. This guy has gone rich off of basically, you know, just per, all, all he really does is just when something happens, he shows up, 
get a bunch of people to join him in some type of a march. He gets to get his face in front of the camera, act like he actually did something, get people to donate money to him, get involved in all these organizations, and then he walks away with pocketing his money and getting a little political influence. But then all these people that were actually supposedly behind them, nothing changes for them. But he benefits. That's what I'm talking about with these social justice heroes. And we as people, black people in particular, need to stop falling for these hustlers, man. They're just a bunch of hustlers that are just playing on our emotions, and they're just like a pimp. A pimp sells a dream to a woman and, and makes her think that he's doing something that's benefiting her, but in a reality is he's the one that's benefiting, and she's the one getting exploited. But she doesn't know that because he's running game on her. That's what these guys do. Come in, they sell a dream, they run game on the people, make the people think that they're gonna something's gonna happen for them. They get you to do all this activity and all these things. Gives to give them support, give them money, get them let let them get in front of the cameras, all this stuff. They benefit. You get exploited, and at the end of the day, you're left with nothing, and they're the ones pocketing everything. That's what happens, man. I'm sorry to tell you, that's the truth. But we gotta stop falling for these but, games, man. But, but what is your opinion of Black Lives Matter? I mean, Black Lives Matter. All right. Let's let's look at it like this. It's it's initially was a with a good concept, right? The idea of we need to get justice for individuals that have been whether well, it's police killing them and the cops are in breath of justice, that's all well and good. But what it's evolved into and it's because we've had a lot of people getting a, who joined it who have a very different intent. What do I mean by that? Their intent is not about bringing justice to the individuals who, let's say, killed someone and weren't brought to justice. What they want is they want the police out of black neighborhoods. Why? Because they are part of the criminal element that wants to take over shop. That's what's really going on. No one's talking about that. Is that we have a large amount of people who are into drug dealing and gang banging who want to get part of the Black Lives Matter movement in the hopes that it can pressure to have less police in certain neighborhoods so that they can have more control. We've been down this road. That's what happened in the 80s. We don't want to see that happen again. I'm just telling you the truth, man, because when you take one power group out, somebody else is going to fill that vacuum. That's what's going to happen every single time. And who's going to get hurt? The regular hardworking people that are just trying to support themselves and take care of their families. They're going to get crushed. And I, I already seen that happen, and I don't, I don't want to see that happen again, man, because I know these people are capable of. I don't know where you guys grew up at, but if you've been in places like Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's home for me, Chicago. And I agree in principle with most of what you're saying. The thing is for me is, is, is this, where I see the benefit of having Black Lives Matters, and, and of course, you know, whenever we reach out and we have an organization where, you know, there would be no Black Lives Matters if we didn't have the injustice of things that, per se, like these police officers are doing in these communities. We wouldn't have a use for or a need of Black Lives Matter if things were, in essence, the way they were supposed to be. Um, so I, I can support a principle, as long as, like we said before, the other elements don't get involved and try to, try to you know, exploit whatever's going on. You're always going to have some folks in somewhere where you're going to have to root them out, but Jay, you certainly 
a good purpose by at least having some organization because someone has to be able to step up and say something. But if we continue to just lay back too far and not say anything at all, then that becomes that becomes problematic. I also agree with Principal about what you're saying about the damaging of our communities because I've never believed, and I think the way that you can stop a lot of this stuff is go care of somebody else's neighborhood. Don't tear up your neighborhood because that's the reason why, the, as the United States goes off, when they fight wars, they don't let people come here and fight wars. They go to where they're at and over to their countries and do this stuff. A lot of stuff I don't agree with what they've done overseas, but in principle, I understand why they would take it to someplace else. You got a lot of elderly folks in poor communities, and when you destroy your own community, then it's kind of counterproductive to what's going on. They say, well, they got these businesses and these businesses aren't our businesses, but, but Big Mama and Big Papa still have to be able to reach those medications easily. There's poor folks that can't travel outside of those communities. So to destroy your own community kind of makes it kind of strange. It's just like last night where we saw how when, when the gunman, you know, went downtown and did it, all of a sudden it's time to come, time to come, time to come. And, and, and the talk is of reconciliation, whereas when we tear up our own communities, all they do is just bring in the, the militia and kind of kind of quell stuff like they did in Ferguson. But I agree in principle with, with some extent as far as the exploitation. I think that Al Sharpie is over, you know, a lot of stuff he's done been pretty peculiar. Uh, he's still a voice from when the initial um, superheroes, you know, King X, guys like that, uh, from that generation of stuff. So I can respect to a certain extent. As long as, like you said, you're not using it to... Well, would, uh, would you agree with me that the Black Lives Matter movement went from anti-police uh, brutality to anti-police? Well, you know what? There's an old saying. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you got. And and it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that not just Black Lives Matters, but any minority group, um, has to be anti-police in a way because the way that the police have uh, sort of serve and protect, but it's like they're underserving and attacking. And when someone, in the case of like Orlando Castillo, alerts you that he has a gun, alerts you that he has a firearm, and he does everything that he's supposed to do, and you still murder him, because that's what that was. That was murder. That, that was ridiculous. He's already on the ground. He's already pinned down. You already have to do that somehow he's laying there, you know, with his chest with his chest wide open. And it goes without saying, of course, the Eric Gardner case in which him and Sterling basically are in the same situation were standing out in front of stores, whereas the merchants had no problem with him. And these guys just happened up on him, and there it was. Matter of fact, it was a homeless guy with the uh, event down in Baton Rouge with Mr. Sterling where because he didn't give a guy money, the guy kind of pushed the button and there was an altercation there. But there was, again, in my opinion, it's just an opinion, and I, I respect everybody that calls you think, but it's just my opinion that you'd have no need for these organizations and these people feeling the way they do if things change. But, you know, again, how many times can you march and say the peace and be called do the right thing and they're continuing to do what they're doing. It almost seems like they kept stepping up a little bit. So, I don't, I don't. so, 
if, if I were to ask you then, would you say that the, pr- the police brutality, is it the exception or is it the rule? Man, I, like I said, I'm from Chicago, and I, and I had to look up the young man's name. But we have a young man that was laying on the ground, right? I mean, it, it's tough when you have gang violence killing us, and then you have police killing us at the same time. It's like we're in double jeopardy. And you have police, you know, they had like 239 cases in which they bought out and cops actually uh, uh, false flag information, had actually lied on their open testimony, had actually shown themselves to be this. Because I believe that most cops who want to come home, they want to go home and see their families, see their, their families, you know, at the end of the day, I can understand that. But when you got that road element, it's unfortunate that in this case, one one water can can ruin a whole basket of apples. When you have a certain section of cops that have tragedy like Eric Darden, when he was murdered by, by those police up there, you know, say over over a few cigarettes, and then they go online on social media and say some of the most berserk, beyond belief, racist and ignorant stuff, you know, and, and make comments and and, and, and do weird stuff almost it's almost like they're listening to a kindergarten class of guys are supposed to be serving and protecting. People who by the way have the public trust and they're going online on social media and saying things that they have no business saying and then they wonder why people react the way they do. It's unfortunate that people see organizations like Black Lives Matter as, as part of the problem when in reality if no one speaks up and no one says anything, then it's almost the feeling that it's acceptable, and it and there's acceptance in it. And when you can de-escalate that tension with white folks, you can de-escalate that tension on a regular basis where no one gets shot. But yet every time you deal with an African-American, even if you know he doesn't have a gun, you stick, the first thing out of your mouth is you'll do the Zimmerman thing and say, well, I feared for my life. Well, ever since he said that, you got cops saying that over and over again. And how can you fear for your life when you you have four or five different ways of de-escalation, you have beanbag guns, you have tasers. Yeah, but I mean, have, there's there's a there's a there's a couple factors, brother, that you're just completely neglecting in the matter. This is something that I feel like, as a people, it's um, it's hard for all people in general have a problem being objective about things, right? It's very because we get our emotions involved and we have personal experiences and situations, so. We don't look at things as objective as sometimes as we should. Let's just be honest about something right now, all right? If you go to any major city in America, it could be Chicago, New York, wherever, L.A., you name it. If you go to any major city, you go to the inner city, the number one person that you're looking out for if you're keeping on guard for some type of criminal activity, it's young black males, man. Let's be honest. Between the age of 16 and 30, you know, Everybody knows, everybody deals with it, man. Every, everyone is threatened by young black males because young black males are committing the vast majority of violent crime in almost every major city in America. So you already have this stigma, and it's not necessarily even a stereotype because it's it's just a fact of life. Hey, hey it's not, ne- but it's not necessarily. Hey, that's not necessarily true either because it's a lot of it's a lot what, of community. How? It, oh, I'm just add, oh, hold on. Let me add on though. Because there's a lot of other communities where shit, there's a lot of more Mexicans than blacks. Mexicans uh, has, has a lot to do with crime also. So do white folks. 
white white folks do more white collar crime than they do uh, 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 than they do anything else. Well, you know what I'm saying. So we can't. Just oh yeah, say I agree. That. I agree not, with that. I'm, I'm not talking saying, about white collar crime. That you, that's what I'm saying. But you can't say that when you just go somewhere, you automatically thinking that when you see in any young black dude, you're thinking about they're going to okay. Let's 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 keep activity. it let's keep it real, brother. Let me let me let me work with you on this one. Let's think about what I'm saying right here. All right. If you're talking right, can about, I ask you, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question yeah. before you go on? I just want to ask you a question. What is your nationality? No, I, I'm black. Okay. All right. So and, I just want to make and, some and, clear. And you and you and you being black, have you been? I mean, I'm pretty sure you've been profiled before. And 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 by you being profiled by a cop or anybody of a different race, you you think that off the top that you that you were going to just do some crime or you going to do something bad or they just automatically stereotype you in that fashion. Okay, in my life, I've had I've had a lot of dealings with cops in different situations. The vast majority of them have been pretty cool. As long as I respect them, they respect me. We kept it moving. I've had a couple cases where I had some racist cops that you know was just giving me a hard time. I've had that. Oh, everybody's worse than that. But the vast majority of dealings, it ain't even that serious, to be honest. And most cats I've seen that got into situations where things escalated between them and a police officer oftentimes with guys who are either running off at the mouth or guys who are trying to like hide some or run off or do something. Though you gotta each case you gotta look at it differently. But on the bigger issue, to your point, when you brought up the thing about Mexicans, on a regional standpoint I agree with you. If you're talking about California, Texas, Arizona, Southwest where there's a lot of Mexicans, that's true. Mexicans are out there committing them. They got their own gangs and everything. I agree with that. But when we talk about the vast majority of the major cities, man, let's be real. If you go to Philadelphia right now, you cannot look me in the face and tell me that it ain't a bunch of young black dudes running around committing all the crimes, man. That's just a fact of life. This ain't my opinion. This ain't. This ain't. This ain't. This, ain't, this, ain't, this, ain't, this, ain't, this is the truth. All the crimes. Brother, you know what I'm talking about, brother? Let, let me tell. Okay, let me be specific. What I mean, I'm talking about drug dealing. I'm talking about gun violence. I'm talking about armed robbery. If you want to be specific about it, those are three crimes that black people disproportionately commit in major cities, man. And I'm not even going to get into the statistics. We're talking about. Just the fact of life. If you in the police, man, this ain't about opinion. You cannot tell me that if you go to North Philadelphia right now, that it ain't it ain't just every corner there's cats slinging drugs. Every single corner, man. You gotta you you can't even go out at night unless you got something on you, man. I'm that's just the truth. So I'm not I'm not well, talking me, about some something I'm reading off a of paper. We're talking about real life, let, man. Let, let, let me give let me give you three comebackers on that though. While we're on that subject, first of all, you're talking about a systemic racist society that doesn't try to, to, to do all they can do to make sure that they keep us working. And it's not an excuse for girls to go out and sell drugs, but it's still part of the systemic thing that goes all the way back to when we were basically brought up here on the cruise ship to where it is. Then you got a media system that relies basically on that. And where do these brothers get these drugs from? And how do these drugs get in our community? We can't just say that, okay, well, you know, we got brothers doing all the crimes. That's 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 kind of uh, of, of naive, naivety right there. It's kind of naive and just say that it's just us doing it. We just get more of the focus. 
because the ones who are handling the big amounts of drugs, the ones that are bringing it in, the ones that's doing the importing of the drugs, is not coming from the African American community. So it's not it's okay. not just us just doing that, but there's there's things and reasons why those brothers are put into those situations. And when you add everything that society deletes from us, whether it's employment, whether it's fair treatment, whether it's marketing, what type of person you're in, and you're coming to get that job or how they reveal us, you have systematically puts it in there that says that we have to be the ones to watch out for, we have to be the ones to, that do have to put the mark on, but it is the white cops that are going in there and murdering us. And let's face it, the penal system, the right. justice system, that we're going, I'm going to get right back in here. The people that warehouse us are making money off of those bodies that come in there. If there, was, if there are no bodies coming in to those warehouses, and I mean the, the stuff that you hear all the time, the stuff where there's the, the crimes and the way that they're handled, the way that they're metered out, we go to jail at least 70% more of the time than our white counterparts for the same crime. Yep. Okay, so let me let me, let me me give this something clear for both of y'all to understand. I'm not talking about this as somebody that's reading this off of research paper or talking about it from the outside. My family was deep into this stuff. My brother was deep into the game. He got shot in the neck, is paralyzed from the neck down in a wheelchair. I'm not talking about this from some sort of outsider's perspective uh, looking in. I'm talking about from somebody uh, really. who's in it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, really. And so, well, also, as somebody, also too, hold on. I want, hey, I want to make one point a, clear. When ahead. these cats are slaying drugs, let's be real, man. Let's cut the game. Stop trying to make these guys look like a bunch of victims. They know they got in it to get the money. Why? They wanted the cars. They wanted the clothes. They wanted the jewelry. They wanted the women. That's why they did it. Hey, it wasn't because I'm they couldn't about- get a job. It wasn't because they couldn't go to school. It's because they wanted the fast money, and they didn't care. And when they're doing it, they know full well that they're destroying their neighborhood. You know why? Because they, they can see firsthand the people that they're selling the drugs to, they see what it's doing to those people's lives. And they don't care because they just want the money. They don't care what it's doing to the neighborhood. They know it's messing up the whole neighborhood. That's the fact. But they don't care why because they're trying to get the money. So stop. I, I, if you don't don't try to come to me with this. Oh, they're victims or sometimes systematic nonsense. Hey, I ain't trying hey, to hear bro, it. Read. Them brothers chose to do it. Hold on, bro. Let me. 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 Let and, and and I'm pretty sure he had no plans of himself getting shot or paralyzed. Now speaking from a perspective, bro, I'm a hustler. I was a hustler myself. I used to be out there and hustle. And when I hustled, bro, I didn't hustle because I wanted to. I hustled because I had to. And I didn't hustle for no cars. And I didn't hustle for no broads or no clothes. I hustled to survive. That means I was smart enough to get out the game before I got any bruises or any got caught up in anything, and was smart enough to get out. But my hustle wasn't to glorify no street things. I don't talk about stuff like that because that was nothing to talk about. I mean, I didn't been out there and shot people. I ain't never been shot, but I've been shot at. I didn't shot people before and did things, and that's not nothing to glorify. So I wasn't out there doing that. So not everybody is out there to get that stuff. Niggas got to do things that they got to do to survive. Although, like you said, go and get a job. Everybody's not blessed with getting a job, bro. I'm living in Texas, and it ain't easy for a black brother like it is in Baltimore or any one of these big other cities. 
you don't have no love out here like you got love out there. These white folks ain't playing with you out here, homie. They ain't giving they don't, they don't care nothing about you about you hustling, about doing anything. Out here in my city, they got they got little Mexico with all the Mexicans doing dirt. They got little China with all the Vietnamese and all the Asians doing their thing. They got a whole bunch of different neighborhoods. But it's this neighborhood that's kept in the same city. The white folks are But if we sit down and can say, well, and, and hey, that's your, this is your opinion, bro, and I'm not, hey, you're entitled to your opinion. I, I'm not agreeing on everything you're saying, but you're entitled to your opinion, just like you may not agree or other folks that's listening may not agree with what I'm saying. But the truth of the fact in the matter is that when, we, when we're doing these things, we're placed to put in these positions. I got to get up in the morning to go work for the white folks, bro. I want to get up and go punch those for that white man. Myself, but in the in these positions in the current days and the issues and the ways they got us positioned, we 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 don't I, I don't have no choice. I gotta go do it. Just like some people might have to go out there and hustle. Hey, these folks feeling. Hey, the white people are feeling that they can kill us because they feel that they like being threatened. So hey, man, just because you got a pencil in your pocket and you going for a pencil, he may think that you can stab him in his neck with the pencil and kill you. And the dead man can't do no talking. You can't do no more. You, it, it, it ain't no more once you dead and gone. They ain't showing no love. And for us, to get, for us to sit down, what we have to do as a people is to take a stand, not much. It ain't about not spending no money. It ain't about it. What we have to do is once to get these white folks to understand that it we've been done wrong, and they just don't want to realize it. That's the problem. All right. Hold on. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Hold on right quick, man. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. All right, no, I, I'm just gonna say this, man. Look, I understand where you're coming from, man. So I understand there's certain situations where you get in predicaments where you got to. I understand that. But something that we as people need to understand is this: when you live in a capitalist society like America, to change your mindset about this collective stuff. It's not about the collective. It's not about us grouping up and marching, doing all this nonsense. You gotta, you gotta make yourself a commodity. You have to develop some type of skill. I tell all black people, when it comes to the situation we're in right now, you gotta study history and see what other oppressed people did to overcome their situation. The one group I tell everyone to study is, look at what the Jews did. All right, the Jews were in Europe, and all those Europeans treated them like a, like how they treat us here. They looked at them like the like they were the evil scum of the earth, and they treated them like trash for hundreds of years. Now, what did the Jews do in that situation? They were oppressed. They were oppressed. They were segregated, exploited, all of that. What they said? They said we're going to develop our own skills to make ourselves so valuable in the society that they have to give us something. And so the Jews became the best doctors, the best lawyers. They got really strong in the financial game, into banking. And look where they're at now. Now they dominate the financial system across the world. Why? Because they utilize their mind and they realize if we're going to be successful in this capitalist game, we have to develop our skills and make ourselves a commodity. The problem in the black community right now is education is looked at as like a disease. People don't take none of the education seriously. Now you've got young brothers, 20 years old, got nothing. No diploma, no skills, no trade no college, anything, no skill or anything. They're just basically a general laborer. And when you're a general laborer and you don't really 
have any experience in anything, now you got no option. And that's how you get in predicaments where you got to sell drugs. Why? Because you had a series of bad choices, and you didn't you didn't un, you didn't learn how to adapt to your act to the environment you're in. Now you're stuck. That's what's the problem in our community, man. We got a lot of people that just don't know what to do. And because yeah, they, they also, got they got leaders that ain't telling them the truth because they don't care about them. Also, but everybody don't get those opportunities, bro. Everybody don't get the opportunity to 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 go to to go to school. Or to uh, uh, go to college or something like that, man. It's not a, and, and to say that you know uh, we, we lack on the knowledge and stuff like that, man. We all don't get that chance, bro. Everybody, bro, you don't have you don't have to go to like college. That. I'm saying you what you can do is you can develop some type of skill, man. You go to a trade school, you could get into some type of thing, something, yeah, but yeah, you can but at least start it, to it, stack up money. Yeah, but even if you go to the trade school, bro, you still gonna have to get the job. If you go learn how to go well, you still gonna have to go get the job. Some bros don't even have. Look, man, in some of these colleges uh, or some of these trade schools, you gotta have money to get in the trade school. Brothers ain't even got the money to do that. Some of them look for uh, financial aid. It's, it's like uh, uh, I give you an example. I know a man right now, man. This dude is probably 82 years old, man. He working. He working down at the port. He work for the port of Beaumont. Man can't even read. But that man been down there working for damn near 40 years down there. He ain't never learned how to read. He can't even read his checks. Somebody got to read his check and tell him I'm telling what his check is. But guess what? He wasn't never given that opportunity. All he knew was to get out there and work. And that's all he did. He became a general labor, but that's all he knew. He didn't, he didn't take the chance to say, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to try to do something else or take the opportunity of going to jail. Now I ain't got no choice to do this or I ain't got no choice to do that. If and I and I just say uh, I'm just saying a hypothetical here. Just say for instance you uh, had that opportunity to go to college or go better yourself and find a trade to do something, and your brother didn't get a chance to do that. You know what I'm saying? He had he had, he ain't had no other choice to try to make it the way he had to make it. I'm not saying that it's a good thing that to go down that bad path because we all know it's a risk that we take in everything that we do. It's a risk that we take. You take a risk, bro, coming outside in the morning. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to work and, and the motherfucking going crazy or do anything. It's just the world that we living in, man. And all I'm saying, brother, I wish that we all can get together and, 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 come, to, and come together, man, and make a positive move and positive steps forward where we all can, and, you know, say a voice. But unfortunately, the white folks can tell you to shut up. And you'll get mad because they tell you to shut up and not say, you won't say nothing. Why? Because you don't want to go to jail. Why? Because you don't want to get tased. Why? Because, hey, guess what? I know somebody got killed from getting, from being tased. I know somebody got killed uh, 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 when they were shooting them rubber bullets. They shot the white, they shot that, that pregnant girl in her eye. She lost her eye. From with yeah, but, bro, 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 uh, there's somebody got to, you got to understand. There's something everybody got to understand. We gotta get this. We gotta get this mindset of not thinking that. For example, take these white people. For example, right? Just because they're white doesn't mean anything, man. The vast majority of white people in this country are poor, dirt poor, living in trailers, man. I don't know how many, how much y'all been around the country, but the more you go around the U.S., you'd be amazed how many poor white people there are. I'm talking about maybe 30, 40, maybe 50 percent of the white people in this country are are poor as ain't got nothing. They live in check to check, man. That's the truth. So just because you're white doesn't mean anything. In America today, man, it's about your brain. 
It's about learning how to what you got to do to develop yourself. So if you if you don't got a skill or trade, learn to develop your credit, man. Start stacking well, up a little bit up. here and there. It's hey, all about oh, finding an oh, avenue of opportunity, man. Let me ask you something, though. If, if, if you came down to a situation to where you was on one side and the white guy was on you think they'll believe you or you think they'll believe a white person or they'll go to a white person first or would they go to you? I'm okay, so you're talking, you. about, you're talking about in a situation where there's a crime and then like they're anything, anything, anything go, Yeah, any. Anything go on. The first thing they walk up to the, is you and the white guy standing there and the car roll up. You think they're going to come talk to you first or they're going to go talk to the white man first? Oh, of course they're going to talk to the white guy first. I, I, know, I, look, I know racism exists. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying there ain't no racism. Don't get me wrong. What I'm talking about is you got to be smart and try to keep yourself and putting yourself in a position where you even put yourself in a position of weakness to allow them to even do that. That can be avoided just by using your brain. That's all I'm saying, man. A lot of the stuff is avoidable. Most of these brothers that we see getting caught up in these police situations, most of them are dudes that got extensive criminal records that regularly deal with the cops because they're caught up in that criminal lifestyle, man. That's the truth. But that ain't. Hey, but do hey, because, hey, so you telling me if you telling me if you telling me if Alden had a bad record, so you telling me if Alden had a bad a bad criminal record, he deserved to die because his record was bad. No, I, I didn't Nobody, say he had deserved to die. I said I, mean, the, any, I said he's he's putting himself in a position where he's got to deal with the police on so many occasions, man. Like, let me ask hey. you, brothers, honestly, how many times do you have you have to deal with the cops in your lifetime? I mean, be real. Unless you, unless you're out there living a criminal lifestyle, most people well, on average don't got to deal with the cops that much. But it's where I live. But it's where I live at. And none of it, and none of it was criminal activity. For me, it was it was mostly driving. The thing is, the things you were saying earlier are systemic things that happen in every race and every background. All races do crime. All races do, do sell drugs. All races do all the things that you're saying. The point that I was making by if I even have to show tonight is the fact that all the brothers who do everything, just say that they do everything in a perfect scenario, they educate themselves, they get themselves out here. These cops are still murdering these brothers no matter what happens. It doesn't matter what your education is, it doesn't matter what your pocket is saying. You've seen celebrity brothers get murdered by these cops. You've seen educated brothers get murdered by these cops. Three examples just right off the top of what we're talking about tonight. Alton Sterling murdered. He stand out in front of a store. He stood out in front of the ears and sold CDs on. Because still, a brother who was, who was working in the cafeteria, who you even had white people on TV, crying like hell because this man never did. Yeah, but he said, th- those are oh, rare, brother. That's said what he had. said what he had. It's not as rare as you think it is. I've got about 10 stories. I thought I was going to do the, the show by myself where you had countless black folks, and there's a collage of countless black folks from Trayvon Martin to Eric Gardner to these three brothers, Sterling, Castile, and, 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 and Sterling, where these brothers have, have, have well, yeah, they have a criminal background, and they're quick to bring that stuff up. But the bottom line is, at the time when they were being accosted and treated the way they were being treated, they did nothing to, to, to uh, uh, force themselves getting shot. That brother Castile was in a car with his old lady. The only reason that they kind of softened up in that position, even though they're still trying to say he's right, the cop's standing right there with his gun pointing into the car, lying about what happened and what was said. This brother has had no criminal background, was, was registered to have a firearm, was a patrolling officer, and he had a firearm. Yeah, Castillo, Castillo, of course. 
Castillo was a unique situation. I'm talking about when you yeah, talk about Michael Brown and Eric Garner. Michael Brown and Eric Garner are not the same situation. Eric Garner escalated the situation by just unnecessarily talk back talking to the cop and doing all this nonsense trying to be tough. What Yeah, I but don't ain't that's your ain't that ain't that's in the constitution? Ain't that ain't that one of your rights though? You got freedom of speech. I can say what I want to say. It shouldn't piss you off enough to kill me. Yeah, but I mean, it, look, it, 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 look. First of all, first of all, when it came when it came to Eric Garner, it's not like the cop pulled out a gun and shot him. The man resisted arrest. First of all, they had they had that long talk in the beginning, and as usual, what you always see in the vast majority of cases when you got a black person having a situation where the cop has to get physical is it somebody who's talking and talking out and acting a fool for no reason. Just because they're trying to be tough with a cop, that's stupid, man. That's foolish. How are you going to mess with somebody that has the legal authority to physically put his hands on you or pull a gun out and shoot you? That's stupid as it can get, man. Why would you do that? But let's let's look at what the brother did. So the brother started to resist the rest. Yeah, but what happened, though? The guy put him in a chokehold. He put him in a chokehold. And then the man had an asthma attack, and then the asthma attack is what led to his death. In conjunction yeah, with the choke. Yeah, but he would have never had the asthma. But he yeah. never would have had an asthma attack if he wouldn't have got choked. Yeah, but he wouldn't have got choked if he wasn't resisting arrest. That's my but point, why, man. But why, well, in, in everything but why, you do in life, point, man. But listen, if you talk to me, if you, if the man didn't get arrested, if the man didn't get arrested off the top. If you just got through saying the cop had a long conversation with him, that means the cop got mad because he was talking back to him, didn't want to arrest him. He didn't arrest him right off the top. They had a long conversation. Then the man no, because in the him beginning, in the beginning, if you, you can look at the tape and you can hear him what they're talking about. In the beginning, he's questioning what he's doing there because they thought that initially, that if you look at the cops, they were undercover police that were investigating the whole drug dealing thing in the neighborhood. That's what the whole thing was about. They thought he was someone that was playing along in that thing. So they're just questioning know, what he's doing out there. Because anyone nah, knows, man, for example, you know, them boys, them boys are messing with that man about some damn cigarettes. They thought he was selling yeah, some damn cigarettes. Cigarette. No, no, listen, the cigarettes came down the road because, yeah, what they said is after that, when they talked about what are you selling out here, he told them, I'm just selling cigarettes. That's it. Now, I don't know if you guys been to Staten Island or in the New York area. I know what that's like there, but you have a lot. I mean, slanging on the corners is really it's a big thing. It's been that way since the '80s, right? So these undercover cops, what they do is they they usually get a bunch of brothers, either a bunch of Puerto Ricans and black dudes, have them dress up like a bunch of thugs. Basically, they play the scene. What they do is they go through the block, they question everybody who's standing out on the corner or on the block. And they basically shake them down, see what they're doing, see if they're slanging. That's how it breaks down. That's how it's always been in New York for the last 20 years because this drug dealing has been crazy here for a minute. So this dude, it's a basic situation where the cops are trying to see if he's slanging. He claims he has cigarettes. Then the cops talked about you need to go ahead and move on, this and this. And then when the cops try to, you know, detain him, he physically moved the cop's hand out of the way. You can't do that. That's being stupid. Why would you resist arrest with a police officer? That's dumb as you can get. That's my point I said earlier is you cannot be foolish when you know you're in a bad situation. You know you're dealing with racist cops. You don't go out of your way to put yourself in a position of weakness to where now you're in a situation where they can do something to you. That's not using your brain, man. 
That's what I'm trying to talk about. I mean, well, come I on, man. Think, y'all y'all acting like, 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 like that would have happened to you. You wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have been dumb enough to do something like that. If a cop comes well, in and has reno suspicion to detain you, you're not going to be foolish enough to try to push the cop off and try to get tough with a cop. Nobody's dumb enough to do that. You have to be a really well, foolish person to do something like that. Well, if you well, first of all, if you telling me to go ahead and make a move or or whatever you just telling me, then all of a sudden you want to detain me. As evidently, it is all coming from the man must have was talking back to the cop, and the cop was mad because he was. Uh, I think he probably felt he was getting um getting video recorded, and his authority was getting up show by this guy that's sitting down here. And not doing what he's telling him to do. Like, the man wasn't scared of the cops. So he showed him. He showed him, I'm going to show you with my force. I'm going to choke your ass. And he choked him and killed him. I mean, regardless of what he did to try to apprehend him, because you could have tased him, you could have did anything in the world, but to sit down and choke him, and then you applied the chokehold. You you felt the man take his last breath. You felt so that. So, brother, and, you're telling me that he couldn't have avoided that situation? Well... From what you're telling me, if the cop was telling him to go ahead and leave, and he didn't leave because he was telling him to leave, then all of a sudden he wanted to arrest him, evidently. When he was up there, he must have wasn't selling no dope. So the cop wouldn't, no cop shouldn't have even been messing with him if he wasn't, if he didn't have no dope. But to sit down and, 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 and to tell him to go or whatever you was telling him and him to have conversation back with him and for him to get mad to where he felt. He had to apprehend him. You didn't apprehend him when he first came. You didn't handcuff okay. him or detain him so, when you first walked up there. Brother, I'm I'm, I'm asking you an easy question. If, if you get, if, if you get, that, you know, you, you have okay. a postal worker in New York City. We talk in New York. You have a postal worker in uniform when his truck starts right there, and he's jacked there to jump on him, get a hold him down, arrest him. He's got his uniform on. He's delivering a package. I know, I know that stuff. Listen, man. Do you know? Do you know how many? You know how many post office workers that get involved with the whole drug dealing thing, and they get, they basically become carriers for them. That has been happening in New York, man, since crack hit the hit the streets, man. That's 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 a known. That ain't even not even a big deal, but I'm telling you right now. But to the brother that brought up the point, let me ask you. I'm gonna ask you a straight up question. If you get to a situation with a police officer, regardless of what happened beforehand to escalate it to the point where a police officer feels the need to have to bring you into custody, at least arrest you or put handcuffs on you. All right, get to that point. Now I'm going to ask you straight up. In that situation, are you going to then try to get physical with a police officer and try to fight him off? Absolutely not. Well, I tell you. That's all I'm saying, period. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, depending on the scenario. Because I'm not what? gonna let the police I'm not gonna let the police officer handle me. I can yeah, yeah. I can I can get handcuffed and, and all that without resisting easily. But I'm not gonna let you hand I'm not gonna let you handle me. I'm not gonna let no, you no, I, me I'm not, I'm not talking about manhandling you. I'm saying the officer's trying to put handcuffs on you and then you then try to resist that and try to fight off that from him arresting you. That's what that's what the vast majority of these cases when you really examine them, except there's a couple exceptions, but the vast majority of them are the cops try and put handcuffs on the individual, and the person fights them off, and then it escalates from there where him and the cop are basically start fighting. Things happen. Either someone gets physical or a gun gets pulled out. But all of them come 
almost all of them will start with that scenario. That's why I asked both of y'all, would you guys do that? Now, the other brother wisely said, I'm not doing that. Why? Because if you do that, now you give, you're give you giving the police officer an opportunity to kill you. Where he can now, not only can he kill you, but legally, he can do something to you. Where he can legally... It starts yeah. off with yes, sir, and no, sir. And the conversation ends up with yes, sir, and no, sir. Because I'm trying to get the hell out of there. And a lot of That's a lot what of I'm saying. So I understand what you're saying. But I'm talking about from the vast majority. And believe you me, it's not as slim as you think. I mean, a lot of these cops pull people over off of, off of a taillight, right? Matter of fact, there was even a couple of events where guys are actually in law enforcement themselves. They're, they're cops as well. We have to pull these brothers over who have no criminal backgrounds who are actual law enforcement officers, and they still end up chasing and beating the hell out of them just to, just because it's a brother up in Detroit that shoot for me. I mean, it's, it's not as, as uncommon as you think. A lot of times, like my man was just saying, you could just have a legitimate argument, and maybe because you might be winning the argument or, the, or in this case, the discussion, because if you're smart, you know especially in today's society, the counter cops that we're dealing with, then you know not to not, not your function that way. But even when you don't, you could just be winning the discussion, and the first thing they'll say, well, you're disturbing the peace, so I'm placing you under arrest. Whether you raise your voice or not, whether you show them your ID or not, whether you show them that you are concealed. My brother and myself, we show these cops with, that, we, that we have concealed weapons for men, and, they, and most, most cops, we got a decent cops, but like I said, it's not all of them, I'm talking about the vast majority of the ones who come to work, like my man said the last night, that maybe they have problems at home with their women, or maybe their kids are going through something, or maybe they're going through something. Maybe they're supervised to chew them out, and then they bring that fuckery out to, to, to do the job, and when they come out to do the job, they end up, you know, doing stuff like this guy, a story I did yesterday, and I got this page that, that, that for folks out there listening, something else they don't tell you. You had a cop get on a stool bus and get into a 10-year-old's face and told him, if you smile at me again, I'm going to throw your black ass in, 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 in the back of that school bus. There are cops out there. I'm, I, I'm sorry, but I just can't give them a pass on this one because if it was something that happened every now and then, and, and like you said, none of us has the right to approach an officer, especially if you got some common sense in an adverse way because if you keep doing what you're doing again, you're going to keep getting what you got. So you, you do want to approach them respectfully. But even when you're respectful and you still get the ones that aren't satisfied with that and they put you on stun like that, it's, it, it, it's foul, it's fucked up, and you got too many cops out here that are doing it. And like I said, you're shooting. When you when you got a person who has no weapon, no gun, and they still end up on Blue Hill because you've stopped them and you've killed them, you've got so many different ways that you can, you know, de-escalate stuff. And what bothers me is like the brother Trump that, that, that's on uh, Grey's Anatomy said, uh, I can't think of his name right off the top. Street, but uh, Williams. Jesse, Jesse Williams. Jesse Williams. Jesse Williams. He, he said that white people running the cops and they get a uh, uh, pressure and, and stuff de-escalated every day without having to get hit with a gunshot. And they just, and, and they can be they can be wired up and fired up. But for us, they 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 go snap to the rule right quick. I'm gonna put you down, keep you down. And a lot of it is because you might even be intellectually smart enough. Just to not go through it. Or the brother that's on the Jersey Turnpike who comes out the same turnpike and gets pulled over 10 times by the same officer because he's trying to catch the brother that's slinging drugs and he has no criminal background. We got too many rogue ass cops out here on the street doing too much fuckery. And those are the ones who I'm actually aiming at. 
Like right, so, I mean, brother, you just said it. You said it again hey, multiple hey. times when you talked about that, how the vast majority of cops are just regular people like you and I doing their job trying to get back home to their families. Now, when it comes to road cops, let's talk about this, man. When when the drug war started in the 80s, right, what was the mandate that came down? It's go in there with the hammer, and we're going to crack down hard, and we're going to do all this stuff. That's where all this stuff started from. When we talk about how this overly aggressive, you know, police demeanor towards quote-unquote potential drug-dealing criminals, which all this thing comes down to. And the reason you have these quote-unquote rough road cops that deal with blacks in situation is where they're doing their job at. If you, if you look at what most police officers have to deal with, say, in Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, it's incredible, man. I even pity some of these guys because they're dealing with – people that have no hesitation and no conscience whatsoever, who have no problem pulling a gun out and shooting somebody. That's what they live with on a daily basis. They got to go into that. So every day their mindset is, there's a good chance that someone's going to try to kill me today. That's their mindset. And on top of that, the vast majority of suspects that they're dealing with are all black. Now, if you're in their position, what are you thinking? That lets you know out the gate, I got to be suspicious of every young black male I deal with. Why? Because these are the people that I have to deal with on a daily basis. Nah, That's man. The truth. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't agree with that one, bro. Oh, come I mean, on, bro. You, you got to be honest, man. I, I mean, mean, look, hey, imagine if you were a police officer in, in, in uh, Philadelphia or Baltimore where it's uh, all black. The whole city. I mean, I mean, like, I, 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 mean I, I mean, I I feel you, bro. Like I said, I can't, I can't relate to those fuck up there in the north because I'm not up there. I'm, in, I'm in the worst spot. I'm down south, bro. So what you telling me about these others? Like I'm right, I'm right by Houston. You know what I'm saying? That's the fourth largest city in the United States, and bro, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it ain't nothing nice out there with the with the cops. You know what I'm saying? So I just can't say that. I'm looking out for, and I don't understand how can you keep saying that it's like if you black, you, if you're a cop, are you looking for black people to do all the crime? I just can't agree with that one. No, bro, I, I, I didn't say they're looking for black people. I'm saying they have no, to no, deal no, with no, black no, people. No, 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 you're saying, no, you're saying, you're not saying that they're looking for them. You said that they're thinking that all black people are, are committing the crime. You're saying it. That you're saying like all black people or committing the crime, that's what they're thinking, and I just can't go with that. I can't go no, no, with bro. every Listen, black bro. person that they run across. It I, ain't about so what, what I'm saying they're is, thinking. No, no, people don't know. I can't say that every black person that you run across is committing the crime. I don't think Trayvon Martin was committing the crime. No, I ain't, I'm not saying that, so nor that I imply that. Listen, bro, listen what I said, bro. I'm talking about when they're doing their job, right? They're, they're almost every criminal that they're dealing with is a black person. Let me get this straight before you go any farther. Now, you're talking about, you're speaking at, as a cop, right? You're speaking from yeah, a I'm cop. Yeah, I'm talking from a cop's perspective. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying okay. you, you got you to you see both ends of the deal. So if you're a cop and you're dealing with the vast majority of the criminals that you deal with are young black males, that's the vast majority. And they're almost all of them are either gangbangers or drug dealers. That's the truth. And that's what you deal with every single day. Every day you go to work, that's what you got to see. Every day. And you know that these guys, they're not like you and I, like people that got a conscience that would don't that don't have no problem just pulling a gun and killing somebody. Most of these guys don't have a conscience, man. They don't care. 
They're selling drugs to their own people. You well, gotta think about that. Well, and hey, well, check it out. Well, uh, see, that's why that's why I can't agree with that either because I'm down south. So you have more Mexicans that's doing more dirt in this area. And the, and, and see, when you're saying uh, Baltimore and D.C. and these more, that's a more a black city. But when I'm dealing with, I'm looking at down here, man. It's more Mexicans that's doing the dirt. So when they're it's just like in California. When you're looking at the black, yeah, you thinking you thinking game banging, but when you looking at when you looking at Mexicans off the top, you know you're right, the same, the same point. Right, exactly. You're I right. I, so if, I, if I'm a police officer in Texas or in California, that's your right. I'm looking out for young Mexicans and young blacks. That's what I'm looking out for. That's the truth. So you guys got it. You got my point is this, man. In every situation, it's easy to just take one side of the issue and then just stand on that side. My point is. Sometimes you got to put yourself in the other person's shoes, see where they're coming from, and try to understand why they would do and react in certain situations. And the fact of the matter is we got too many young black males out here committing crimes and constantly having to deal with the police every day. And if I'm a cop in any major city, I got to see this every day of my life. All I'm seeing is young black males, 89% of the violent crime I'm seeing with them. So that lets, that already puts a suspicion in me naturally like any other human being would like i got a for example i got an uncle on my on my father's side who was an undercover police officer with it comes to narcotics right and he would tell me from his perspective coming in all he saw was that that was it it was just they were all they dealt with was black people and he felt ashamed as a black man that every day every single day at the station they have to bring in tons and tons of young black male you know, whether it was a gun murder, car drug dealing. I mean, think about it as a black person. Well, also in that also in that game you gotta look at it. The white folks running that. Because when they housing them and put them Listen, in jail, who's the majority what I'm telling you, hold on. But hold on to hear what I'm saying. Who's the majority of the people that's in jail? You can, the majority of the jail folks are black anyway. Now let now let me give you an example of what what went on out here in my city. Now I had uh in my city they had a black lady. She was the uh she was a deputy for the uh Texas State Trooper. In my city she's running for sheriff's department. They had a young white guy who was sixteen years old, went to the lady headquarters while she was over there having a campaign fundraiser and just opened fire at the lady campaign. They asked the dude why he did it and he said he don't know, he just did it. A young white dude from a city called Vida, which is a racist white town. You right. see what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, this is a 16-year-old guy. And the reason why he did it is because he's been taught that way. His grandfather, his daddy, they're teaching him to be that way. For him to be a 16-year-old dude that don't have nothing to do to take a gun and go to a damn campaign of a woman that's running for sheriff. So you know she got fucking, you know she got fucking security around there. But just because he was a white dude and she was black, he didn't go to the white people campaign. He went to that black woman and opened fire, start shooting. He didn't, and not in the yeah, look, I, I understand, brother. I know I, I'm not denying that there's not racism. I understand that, especially down south. I know, you, I know where you're coming from. I gotta say, I live in Dallas, so I know what it's like, especially in Texas. It's a different breed down there. They're, I know they got a whole. If anyone, I understand where you're coming from. 
to me, the racism from white people, let's say, down in the South is on a different level than it is up north. That's just the truth. Any black person that's going to complain about racism north of the, the Mason-Dixon line, they're full of it. It, it, ain't, it, ain't even, it ain't even near nowhere near as bad. They're uh, out here. I, Listen. I, I, I can't say that. I'm, I'm a Chicago native. But I live out here That's, in Portland, Oregon. Oh, so you, then you should right know. Now. You should know what Chicago's this, like. This, this, black this, people, this, black this, people have become space. a burden. They become a burden to Chicago, man. They're they're like it's like. See here again, you're not from Chicago, so you don't. No, know I'm. The I, history. No, I know, know, I know, I know, I know what it's like. I know uh, it's going down in Chicago, bro. You, you can't. You can't. Okay, let me ask you an easy question. Then. Hey, hey did you years. just say? Hey, hold on, bro. Did I, did I understand what you said? Did you just say black people are burdens to Chicago? Yes, they are, and I, I'm I'm explaining exactly why. The last five years. I mean, in hold, the on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. In the bro, summertime. Hold on, bro, hold on. Let me make one point. Hold on, hold on, Brother Nils. Are you from Chicago? I'm from Chicago. Are you a burden to Chicago? I'm, I'm, I'm alarmed to hear that, especially, that's why I was just telling them, if he knew from their coming from a brother in the, in, 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 in the 60s all the way to what you see now is exactly the point that I'm making. From the brother that got shot on the ground, and the cops unloaded his gun and was getting ready to reload to his partner, grabbed him, and now he's facing homicide, right down to how they did Freddie Hampton with the Black Panthers, all the way through all of that stuff. And like I said before, I've seen, I saw a lot of stuff. You got to understand else in any of these big cities. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. But just like anything else in these, in these big cities that you see, the problems that, that, that plague the black man in America, we did not get here by ourselves. And you got to be naive if you think that when when you see the things that are happening to us and that happen to us on a continuum, somehow we got here by ourselves. We did not get here by ourselves. We're going to pick this up when we come back, and we're going to go ahead and, and see that. Take this to the bridge. This is Flossie Jeezy. You know what I'm saying? What's popping segment 48? When will it stop? The police killing you and all the the weird stuff that's going on out here right now. In three, four, seven, I'll hit you when we come back. Let's take a brief break. Pay a couple of bills, and we'll be right back. Shedding tears, reminiscing on my past years Cause shit was hectic on me last year It appears that I've been marked for death My heart was wrecked, the underlying cause of my arrest My life is stressed, and no rest forever weary My eyes take tears for all the brothers that I buried in the cemetery Shit is scary, I black on black crime legendary But at times unnecessary, I'm getting worried Tears drops and closed caskets, the two strikes large drastic And certain death for a ghetto bastard What can we do when we're arrested? But open fire, life in the pen ain't for me, cause I'd rather die. But don't cry through your despair. I wonder if the Lord still cares for a sticker's own home, And he cares if we survive. The only time he notices a nigga is when he's clutching on the profile. My neighborhood ain't the same, cause all the little babies going crazy or they suffering in the game. And I swear it's like a trap, but I ain't giving up on the hood. It's all good when I go back. Oh, show me love, niggas give me props. Whoever hot, cause it don't stop on my block. <laughs> oh, my block. 
constantly hot on my block and never fails to be gunshot. Can't explain the mother's pain when a sun drops. Black males living in hell, when will we prevail? Fear in jail, but crack sales got me living well. In a sense, I'm suicidal with this thug's life. Staying strapped, forever trapped in this drug life. God help me, cause I'm starving, can't get a job. So I resort to violent robbers, my life is hard. Can't sleep, cause all the dirt make my heart hurt. Put in work and shed tears for my dead peers. Misled from childhood, where I went straight. To this day, I still pray for a better way. Can't help but feel hopeless and heartbroken. From the start, I felt the racism cause I'm dark. Couldn't quit the bullshit, make me represent. Hit the bar and play the star everywhere I went. In my heart, I felt alone out here on my own. I closed my eyes and picture home on my block. And I can help but wonder why so many young kids had to die. Caught strays from AKs in the drive-by. Swollen pride and homicide don't coincide. Brothers cry for broken lives. Mama come inside. Cause our block is filled with danger. Used to be a close-knit community. But now we're all cold strangers. Time changes us to stone. Some crack pipes. All up and down the block exterminating black lights. But I can't blame the dealer. My mama's welfare check is for the next man grown wheels. Shit's real, I know you feel my tragedy. A single mother with a problem child that is free. Hanging out, picking up games, sipping cheap liquor. Gaming no she's open, I can get to sleep with her. It's a man's work. Staying strapped, fantasies of a nigga living fat. But hell back, pipe dreams can make the night seem hopeless. Wide-eyed and losing focus on my block. Achieve 
when uh, being peaceful yields no change with some very uh, sharp brothers in the game. And I'm going to bring this, this new caller in. Then I'm going to bring 612 and 409 back in. 347, who we got? Hey, this is Jimmy Spice calling from New York. How are you? Nice, nice. Welcome, New York. Just Thank you, man. And having a discussion. Welcome to the show. I'm going to bring my man from Texas and a man from the 612 area code in. So we can go ahead and get on back into this play. So, uh, hey, bro, Nils. Hey, bro, Nils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you, uh, yeah. did you get that, uh, did you get that, uh, how much more? Uh, it's still doing its download thing, but I'm, I've been, you know, working with it to try to get it in tonight before, okay. before it happens. We're going to have a lot more of these discussions. Portland just picked up a, a new police chief because there was a lot of scandalous stuff going on up in here. Place the new police chief, the 347, I'm going to bring you in after I'm done with this. And one thing that he said that I was impressed by with him coming in, he said that in order to deal with the black community and to deal with us, you have to be able to get in and talk to people and get to know the people rather than just having prejudgments. And to me, that's something that I think that a lot of police departments can use because I've listened to you 612, and like I said, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to this. But I've listened to you, and like I said, you make a, a quite a few valid points. You know, some of the points, like my man was saying earlier, you know, it's kind of hard for me to, to, to choke down because, like I said before, we didn't get here, you know, by ourselves in this situation. And, uh, you know, like I said before, I know it's going to take a lot, of, a lot of work on both sides, but how much more peaceful can we be if things don't change? And uh, like I said, we'll let you respond in a minute. Three, four, seven. What's going on with you tonight? What are you thinking about what's going on here? Well, I think that the time we live in now is related to our previous um, ancestors and what they experienced. And what's happening is that often police are basically slave catchers. And on the American slave plantation, at one point, slave catchers would go out and catch the runaway slaves or make sure if you had your papers right and they could basically kill you. Very often that's what would happen or at least abuse you. Um, I don't think necessarily, and you all are not saying this, I just started the tail end of the show, law enforcement itself could be an actually noble, just profession, meaning you take the oath and you say, hey, I'm going to protect people and look out for them. The problem is when the laws themselves are skewed in favor of the elite, financial elite, typically white people, and when the law enforcers come in with um, a lot of baggage considering dark skin to be inferior, et cetera, then you have a, you know, a mix for disaster. But I do think that it behooves the oppressed community to stop waiting for a miracle. I think that it's time to start collectively investing together, collectively owning buildings, collectively teaching our young and uh, it may be controversial, but also being open to any progressive, conscious, non-dark people who want to invest or bring some resources. I also, in conclusion, don't think that a physical response to this is going to work because the American empire is the most militarily powerful empire in history. So that route is only a setup for disaster. I think it's going to take a um, intellectual approach and a calm, rational one. 
and I think it can be done. Let me, can I ask can I ask the guy a question real quick before we before we move on? Um I take by your comments and I hear this a lot from people who are very liberal. When you said the American Empire, are you one of those type of people that feel like America is a negative thing in the world? Well, based on my observations and reading about what our nation is doing in Haiti, in parts of Africa, other parts of the Caribbean, uh, definitely the American empire is considered very negative. It doesn't mean all Americans are negative or support it, but yeah, we're doing a lot of crazy stuff around the world and here. Okay, so let me ask you a question then. So the average, let's say, it's about 75% of the world's population lives off about $200 a month in income, but the average American goes off about $47,000 a year. Now, how do you think America is able to even achieve the standard of living that Americans enjoy without dominating and exploiting the rest of the world? How do you, how, how else do they achieve that? The primary way that the American dollar is kept in place is hype. Our dollar. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the currency. I'm talking about the fact that America has a. The standard of living in America, as you know, is dramatically higher than the rest of the world, including Europe. Yes. Now, I'm asking you honestly, just think about this from a practical standpoint. How else can America achieve that other than through the military dominance and the financial exploitation of the rest of the world? How else are they going to achieve that? Are they going to achieve that with through some type of diplomatic means? I mean, let's just be real, man. Which well, you hey, we all, look how much we owe question. China, man. We owe China a whole lot of money. Yeah, but they're never gonna pay them back, man. That's that's part of the deal. Let me ask you a question. Like, if if I borrowed, let's say, a hundred dollars from you, and eventually it blew up to about a hundred thousand dollars, but I come to you and I ask you to give me the money, but what, what I really do is when I'm coming to borrow money from you, I put a gun to your head. Now, is that really borrowing, or am I stealing it from you? May I respond to your question, please? Your yeah, question is po- your question is posed with the um, premise that we have to live in a brutally capitalistic system. I will pose to you that it's not necessary to generate power and wealth by abusing others. A nation can build wealth without such brutal force. If I understand your question correctly, you're basically saying, but how else are we going to live at this level without taking advantage of other people? Am I correct? Okay, so can you can you provide for me an example of any country or empire that ever achieved wealth and power through any other means other than military power and domination? Yeah, that's a great question. Even Egypt, to some degree, had some levels of imperialism where they took advantage. But I can tell you that when you look at Yoruba civilization, the Yoruba from parts of Nigeria, etc., and when you look at the Dogon, and when you look at the Olmecs, who are the original Mexicans, these groups were not traditionally the type of um, negative power that you think of, but, well, not you, I'm talking people might think of, but yet they amassed great intellectual and financial wealth. So yes, it is possible to have a civilization without taking advantage of other groups of people and going in and conquering. Also, we need a new currency instead of going with these types of dollars controlled by the Federal Reserve. 
a much wiser move would be control our own digital or other currency and then not be beholden to the World Bank, IMF, and other organizations. But okay, our money, so you, cited, <laughs> you cited the old mess in the, in the Europa. Let, let me ask you a question. Man. You're trying to tell me that those groups didn't engage in the conquest ethic and use military force to try to dominate some of their opponents? I mean, I know the history of those groups, and you're trying to tell me they I, didn't engage in that? I'm saying that they weren't involved at the level of these civilizations. All cultures are going to have to oh, fight. Of course they didn't have, because they didn't have the same level of power. That's that that's 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 that doesn't make sense even to say that, man. Come on, man. Well, no, if you, I can tell you what I want to say, you can't tell me what you want me to say. And what I'm saying, yeah, but to I mean, you can't, you can't, you can say that and fool people who don't know the history of those people groups. And your your name, you, for example, yes. it's like you're naming you're naming this weaker group that didn't have the power to execute the level of military strength that they would otherwise do so if they had it. I mean, come on, man. The assumption that all people are going to use power to take advantage of other people. So that's a false premise. How is that a false premise when that's all we've seen in history? That's all we've ever seen, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no. And look at how England started out with it right now. And and they they once more tapped up. They were the most powerful, and they're going to pieces right now. And, and, And it's a myth to say that we actually control our own money when our money is actually printed and controlled over through England. Which is why we have a problem. Why do you think when England goes tits up, we go tits up too? Why do you think I'm our stock market fell? Why do you think our stock market fell off when, when England fell off? Because we're still filtering everything through, through what they consider to be their motherland, not necessarily my motherland. They still own us. They still own us. I know. I know. I know. I know that they destroyed, you know, African nations and, and did all that. And all of a sudden, everybody's running over here because of things that they've done over there. So, so when you say that it's dominance and this, that, and the third, it's the same dominance that we're working with and dealing with right now. Because we want to yeah, but brother, no business. but brother, what I'm saying is that every single culture group, every single culture group on the planet engaged in what's called the conquest ethic. What do I mean by that? Every yeah. single part of the planet you've seen, everybody has tried to conquer and dominate another people group to their advantage in some way, whether through exploiting them through slavery, exploiting their resources, everybody, including in Africa, in the Middle East, in Asia, in South and North and South America. Before before the Europeans even showed up to North America, the Native Americans were warring with one another and dominating and conquering other groups. This isn't this this isn't like something that the Europeans came up with this idea of taking over other people and enslaving them and exploiting them. Everybody's been doing this, man. Everybody. You're, this ain't like something really, unique. No, no. You're, you're giving. Tell us well, who did the Taino do that to? Since you seem to think you know the facts, who did the Taino go and conquer and okay, try to take once again, of? once again, you you cannot name the smaller, weaker groups. You have Why to not? point to the more dominant and stronger because the but, smaller, but weaker groups they weren't in position to conquer but, another group because they weren't strong enough to do it. But that's, that's why your they didn't argument. do it. You're making the assumption that everybody wants to be bigger and take advantage. It's preposterous. Everybody does, man. What are you talking about, you're man? Oh, so you're talking as, to as, the Taino civilization on, and the Olmecs, right? As, as, as we get okay, let's, let, back, let me give you an example then. How did they – what about the Aztecs? As, as, okay. As we turn this thing back around to where to where we started at because, like I said before, we want to make the, the most use of our time. We're going to have to come up with a with another show, and, and maybe one of you guys can, can shoot me a uh, – a suggestion where we can talk further on 
Okay, let's deal. Let's deal with the. Sh- how about let's deal with the Chicago issue before we move? You want to? You, you want to finish that? Let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. Because I know yeah, I want to hear your insight on that one, six twelve. Okay, let's well, let's break before, it down before, then. Before, before, before he does that, before he does that, I'm just saying that everything that has happened so far as the enslavement of black people here in America and how we got here to where we're at is indicative of things that happened during slavery. And we've never been able to rebound from slavery, and we've always been treated as second-class citizenry ever yeah. since we've been over here. When yeah, but said, brother, four, that's happened to Lincoln everybody. Said, when Lincoln said four score and, and, and seven years ago, score is 10 years. So for 87 years, until the, the, mm-hmm. until the Emancipation Proclamation kicked into effect, basically the, the Constitution as we know it, was an illegitimate document because for that 87 years, all men were not free and equal. And under that document, yeah, that's under that that's aside the point, they, brother. Listen, that's that's semantics. Let me be honest. Let me tell you something. This is how the real world works. Because look, look, man, you have to understand. I I understand that's a fact. I'm not disagreeing with the fact about how that works. But I'm saying that it's only it's only been in the last 50 to 100 years in the history of mankind. Where where a small minority groups are able to quote unquote have equal rights with the majority group population. That's a that's a very recent thing in human history. Prior to that, there was no such thing. If you were an oppressed minority living in a foreign land, they you were always treated like a second class citizen. It didn't matter what continent you were on, man. I don't that's know unique. So oh, how did black people get to where they're at today? It is because of the. I, that's my point. It's, it, it, it is, no, it is that's my point. Is that what what's happened? What's happened in America is a unique event in history, where a oppressed minority was able to gain rights. Oh, there's nothing unique about it. The imperial system that you're talking about is a reason why it's a reason why the wash down from that imperial stuff that we dealt with. And although you're you're right in in, in principle about it only being you know since the civil rights era where that kind of turned around and changed that, it is because of what happened in slavery and that same mentality from the children of those children who had those slaves. The reason why we deal with things right now, the officer or overseer that oversees our communities today, have the same mentality as the other people did. The only thing that changed was the currency and the cards you drive. Oh, not yeah, quite. Three, three, one, not quite three, one, because one, because is, unlike no, unlike three, one, unlike two. in the slave days, hold on. Unlike in the slave days, you have an option whether or not to engage in the criminal activity that would get you into the criminal justice system in the first place. Unlike in the slave days where they didn't have the choice and they were forced to do it. Yep. Today, you yep. have the choice of what you do with your actions, but people choose to do what's foolish. Now, let's let's deal with the Chicago thing before we run out of time. Black people built the country, so why would you not honor the people who built the country? No. Brother, yes. you, three, listen, three, you, you, you can't, you can't, you cannot, you can't, you can't do that in hindsight. No, no, I don't know where you're coming two. from because we no, we have to deal with no. we have to deal with the Chicago thing before you yeah, came. We're talking in. about Chicago. It was it was it was Benjamin Banneker that built that built and designed Washington D.C. It was Benjamin Banneker that gave you the, the almanac that you use today to do farming with. How can you just okay? Listen, no. I, I know I know where you guys get your thinking from. It, it goes back to George Zinn and his revisionist history about how no, the world works. And that's where you guys get your your liberal mindset from. First and foremost, listen. Every if you if you if you wanted no no if you wanted if you wanted to do 
Where you get your mindset from? Yeah, listen. Where your mindset? I want to hear what you got to say about Chicago, about black people being a burden to Chicago. That's what I want to hear. Because I want to hear where your mindset. Where you get your mindset from? Since you say we got liberal mindset. Where you yes, get your mindset you from? Yeah, because I Where used to have that same... No, let me speak then. Where you I get used your mindset to, from? Uh, I'm going to tell you. I used to have that same liberal mindset you did, and then I started to study history and learn things for myself. Study Not what? what these university well, professors well, told well, me. What do you study what? what, what, what you who? When you study... So you study... You study, so, so you study when so you study whoa, history... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You weren't smart enough to study yourself. You had somebody else to tell you? A university professor? I looked at... No, no, I looked at it from, you didn't hear what I said, brother. I said, I searched it for myself. I didn't what? take what a university what professor thought? told me. I had I did, I had what's called a didactive education, where I yes. looked and searched it out for myself, the information. Now, like, unlike you, your brain is, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold Oh, let me tell you what your brain is, since you're telling me what mine is. If you're telling me you search self for yourself, no, and no, you no, find I just what your brain is. Hold on, hold on, hold on, brother. Mindset. Hold on, hold on, hold on, brother. Hold on. Well, what makes what makes what you study the truth? Better no, no, hold not. on. First of all, I'm not talking about this brother. The brother, I'm, I'm not talking about the brother from Texas, nor am I talking about the host. I'm talking about this Neil guy from New York. No, because I know liberals. No, I wasn't. Don't put words yes, in my mouth. I said the guy with the liberal mindset. You just didn't hear what I said. I was cool with the Texas guy. I had no problem. I understand where he's coming from. I don't no, like the liberals like, like me you because I'm the newest person. No, you compare I don't, because, me to Howard because you're Zinn. a liberal. You don't even know me. We because to be I know liberals black like you and your mindset. Your liberal you mindset has about? destroyed the black community. Hey, 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 I hey, know, hey, I I hey, but like the whole saying, bro, we're going to think about that. We're going to talk about that on another one. I want to hear what you got to say about the black people being a burden to Chicago. Okay, Can let's talk about Chicago. On let's look at the statistics here. When you look at, let's start from 2014. Let's start with 2015-2016. Let's look at the last two years. 2015, you had nine people, nine African Americans murdered by police officers. This year in 2016, to date, you've had four. Okay, now let's compare that to the black homicides. In 2015, you had 240 black murders. This year to date, so far we've had about 113 so far in 2016. Now let's break it down to even more specific. In 2015, we had nine police murders of African Americans. Let's look this year in just certain Chicago neighborhoods, right? Let's start with let's start with the Austin neighborhood. We have 37 black homicides in Inglewood, 42, Garfield, 19, Humboldt Park, 18, North Lawndale, 14, Grand Crossing, 16, Auburn, uh, Gresham, 16, South Shore, 10, Roseland, 8, New City, 18, Chicago Lawn, 9. West Town three, Little Village five, no, no, no. Washington yeah, yeah, Heights yeah. ten. Know, know. You can stop Come on, now, man. Dude. Just He's just the just I, just no. the neighborhoods yes. alone are far you. greater now, numbers than the police murders. Now, bro, my, point the, now my point about the now my point about Blackfield being burned in Chicago. The last five years, every summer, there's been massive gang violence where you have massive gang wars going on. That's the simple truth going, of the bro. matter. Black now, people are the problem. We got you. Now, no, I didn't say black people are the problem. No, I said they're a burden in the city yeah. because everybody's okay. tired of the violence. Why are we not a burden? Can you just listen? Because you're not the only smart person on the line. Everybody no, I'm not smart. I, just, well, I, I don't want, I don't want to hear this liberal please? weasel come on here and spew this liberal okay, nonsense that you've been coming at. I know your type. I know you're going to go with it. 
Tell there you go. And let me talk now. Hey, you all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, man. Let's just, let's just see what he got to say. Go ahead. Get yeah. it out, man. Now, what, what people do sometimes is come and blame black people for a situation that they did not create. It's not black people that are in control of the police force. It's not black people in control of the economics. We're not even in control of the churches. The churches are beholden to other rich white pastors. It's not black people controlling the schools, the manufacturing of guns, the manufacturing of cocaine, but people like him will come and blame us when some of our young people and older people get a bit violent in the community and hurt each other, instead of him using his so-called didactic education and looking at the real facts. He is a Republican conservative type that will blame black people and act like he loves us. Why is he even here? We here to solve our okay. problems, bro. Why I knew it? listen, I knew he was gonna say that. Now yeah, both you brothers ad hominem uh, No no hold Waste up. Hold up. No no stop, stop, stop right there. I'm gonna talk to the Texas brother and to the host. I'm gonna ask both of you. Did you pay attention to what he just said? We talked about the black homicides through the gang violence in Chicago. This brother started talking about they're not responsible for the manufacturing of the guns and the bringing in the co- We're talking about the individuals pulling the triggers on the guns, man. It's related. Listen to what you you're saying. It's not about relationships. Uh, at the end of the day, no you are. In the so, so you're telling me that an individual is not responsible for actually pulling the trigger and I'm killing somebody. When you don't teach black children about Egypt, when you don't teach them, when you talk like you and blame them for their own situation that they're living in. I'm not blaming black people for their situation. I'm Why blaming individuals who are talking, committing crimes. But I'm still because talking. Because I'm tired what of people like you who try to make excuses t- for criminals. I'm tired of people like you coming on the radio dissing my black people all the time. But It's not dissing like black people. We're dissing murderers, dissing man. It's disrespectful. Listen, you're defending murderers. What are you doing for our community? No, I'm not defending. Hey, hey, yes, you hey, are. Hey, you just hey, you gave five hey, excuses hey, for hey, why somebody killed hey, somebody and why it's okay hey, because of outside factors. That's the foolishest thing I've ever as my honest opinion, and I'm just telling you from what I've heard from you six one two, as my honest opinion from when you said earlier, as black folks would be in a burden to Chicago and other things like when you saying if you was a cop and you would see black people, you would think that they young black guys would be criminals or committing crime. I would think I'm just telling you from my opinion, I would think that's exactly what you're saying. That you're blaming black folks for everything what you're saying. I'm just telling you my opinion, brother. I'm just telling the truth, brother. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want you to hear me out, though. I understand exactly what you're saying. And I'm, I, like I said, this is, this is a cat from Texas. And I agree with what you're saying. But from what I'm hearing you say, that's why I was telling you from where I'm at. It's not all about black people just being those being that type of stereotype. It's Mexicans also. That's all I was telling you. What I'm hearing you saying, that's what it sounded like. Carry on, brother. No, I agree with you on that. But I'm saying in, in cities like Chicago, D.C., Baltimore, where it's a majority, we have a large black population. You have an overwhelming percentage of young blacks committing too many crimes, man. And it's a problem that yeah, everyone's that, dealing with in the city. So for this guy from New York to come on hey, here you know and that, to try to act you know like majority, you can defend people who are killing people, hold that's on, but crazy. You know the majority, hold on, but do you know the majority of killing is young black people that's going to kill you? But these are people that's involved in gangs. 
That's my point. Only, That's what I'm talking that's about. What I'm telling you. So this is what I'm telling you, though. You're saying that there will be that's all we know. They might they might be spraying somebody for being on the wrong turn or anything. That's the environment that they're in. Now, do you believe that they had the opportunity to say, "Hey, tomorrow I'm gonna pack my car up, leave, and get out of Chicago. I'm gonna move to New York. I'm gonna move to Baltimore and live this all-American life." Some people are not able to get away from the okay. environment. I can, that I, can, I, can I can easily yeah, address that I because I grew up in those neighborhoods. I'm not some outsider reading into it and reading stuff off a textbook. I grew up in that lifestyle. And so I know individuals who chose to take different routes. You don't have to be a perpetrator in these crimes, man. You don't have to. These brothers um, chose yeah. that route because yeah. they've yeah. been glorified. Yeah. Right. They right. want the money right. you, and they like the lifestyle, right. man. Let me ask you one more question. That's the hey, truth. I want to ask you one, yeah. right. let me ask you one more question. I'm going to let somebody else talk, but I'm going to ask you one more question. And this, I mean, I'm trying to be offensive. I'm trying to get in your opinions. I just want to ask you a question. You said earlier that your brother fell victim to street crime and he was paralyzed from the street crime. Did, was you against what he was doing before he had his accident? Or would you or are you a man at it now because of what happened to your brother? Because that, I'll say this, at the time I was a lot younger than him, so I saw it. When I initially I looked up to him because he was getting, you know, Getting the cars, ah, doing, living a big lifestyle. Gotcha. But, so when no, no. kids do it that black, all of a sudden they bad. But you did the same stuff. You got. I didn't do the standard. same stuff. You I said my brother did it. Talking about you looked up to him. So when our young black kids that look up to drug dealers go and hang with them, all of a sudden now they bad because you're wiser than them now, right? Well, how because, come no, 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 you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't. Let me finish my point. Though. Hey, no, because the point the reason why I asked that, because the part that I was trying to make was, if you looked up to your brother and what he was doing while he was getting his money, and then you yeah. looked at it different after he got hurt. Well, some of these people in Chicago are in the same situation right. that you were. Thank when they you. were young, they were put looking Thank at you. other people, and they were put in the same situation that you are. Now, I understand right. that since something happened, tragic happened to your brother, that you look at the game different. But once he was in the game and everything was all good, it was he all wasn't good. looking at that game different. Word. There you go. And you was a young so, hey, 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 and not only that, not only that, and I'm not, I'm not coming down on you six or two. But what I'm saying is, you were at a younger age, so you wasn't at that point to where you could say, brother, what you doing is wrong. You see what I'm saying? So these people are not in a position to what they're seeing or what they're you. growing up around to see that to say, hey, it's wrong. And like but I yeah, told you, but there's, like, but there's like one I other. You, brother, hold on, hold on. I just want to make one point. Hold on, but like I told you, I was the same brother that was put in the same position. I had to get out there and do what I had to do. I wasn't glorifying out there selling dope to people in my neighborhood. But let me give you a prime example. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me give you a prime example, bro. I would not sell no no drugs to a pregnant person, to a pregnant lady. I would not sell no drugs to her. But they had 10 dudes that was, that was right on the side of me that as soon as they left, or as soon as the pregnant chick would leave for me, they'd go right there. Those dudes didn't kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't kill yeah. who they sold it to. Okay. So the reason I'm trying to make this, no, I'm, no, I'm going to make one last it's point. Related to that, bro. It's related to that. I had a meeting yesterday, right? And near me was some brothers, you know, they do some street life stuff. 
And I expected them to come up to me to talk about, yo, bro, you want to buy some whatever. Guess what they were talking about? Yo, bro, this police brutality is fine, man. What's up, man? We're going downtown to a picket. I'm talking some dudes on the street. We cannot give up on our young people just because we assume they're going to want to do something negative. And a dude right. like you, 312 or whatever, giving up on our young people, you shouldn't be on the radio. You should be with okay. George Bush. Let me make my no. last point because you, didn't, you, didn't, you guys kept cutting me off. I didn't say giving up. The reason I didn't give up on you is because my brother's best friend, who also grew up in Section 8 housing, went on to become a civil engineer. Now, he took a completely different They both grew up, same neighborhood, same circumstance. In fact, the other dude actually had a worse situation with his mom being on drugs, and he took a completely different route in life. Why? Because he used and his he brain. Of, he didn't he give into the peer few. pressure. He and used and his he brain and went above it. But he was one but of he the wasn't few. one of the few. There was a lot of brothers that did that. I know a lot of brothers outliers. in that neighborhood that came out. They either have their own business now or went ahead and went to college and went and did something else because they learned. Okay, okay, now that all right, all right. Now, how many brothers on the street with guns that he's going get for with his with his business? How many people is he going to pick up and giving them an opportunity to get a job since he did what he did and now he's yeah. on in the business? Would you give? Would no, you he's, go he's to a brother that you? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me ask you a question. Would you go up to a brother that you would see on the corner that the same guys you would think that would commit a crime that would probably rob you? Would you walk up to him if you own the business and say, "Hey, brother, get off this street and come work job. for me. I'll give you a good yeah, job." Look, look. Or would unlike, you think unlike, that he's gonna unlike, rob you if you go in the store? Or would you think he's gonna okay, pull a gun? Let me, and let, rob me, you? let me say something. Let me say something, man. Unlike what you may assume about me, I do I do help a lot of guys with this situation. We talk to a lot of brothers. We have a tutor program for the younger kids. There's a lot of stuff we do that I don't want to get into because I don't like talking about stuff that we do. No, no, but you we talk do, about We do take else. an active you role with trying to educate guys you and help people out. You put down my people all day. And no, 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 no. Hold up, bro. Hold up, hold up. I don't want to talk about it. It's not about it. I don't put down the people. I put down the criminals. I'm new to this don't. I don't defend criminals, man. And I'm hearing it. Look, this is why I can't deal with this liberal stuff, man. Because these liberals, they love to make excuses for criminals, man. And I don't like that because I hold people responsible for the decisions they make. If a man pull, has, is willing to pull the trigger and kill, especially his own people, kill someone with the same color as him, over what? A little bit of money, a little bit of drugs, over a woman? And you're going to sit there and try to make an excuse for him? What kind of person are you, man? My, yeah, those two callers, unfortunately, got dropped. But I'm like this here. The whole purpose of me doing this show tonight and as I try to rank the shit back around as we're, as we're running out of time, is that um, there's all these kind of people that you're talking about. And here again, I'll say again, you make valid points because, and I don't want yes men on the show, I want everybody that's, that's, that's listening in to know what's going on. Uh, my thing is, is this. Well, as I write this shit back around, there's all those kind of people. There are all those kind of people, but the bottom line is it does not alleviate the police department from being culpable for committing murders and heinous crimes against our people. And until we can get a better grip on our law enforcement and get better training and get these folks trained in better, we're going to continue to do the same thing. I'll say again as we close, if you keep doing what you're doing, we're going to keep on getting what we got. You guys have a good night. Uh, God bless you folks, and thanks for coming out. 
This is Mayor Flossie Jeezy's, you know, What's Poppin', you know, episode 48, When Will It Stop? You know, as the nation continues to mourn the events of, of Dallas, Texas, and police brutality continues, what can be learned from the killings of the likes of Eric Gardner, Alonzo Castillo, Alton Sterling, and what peace can truly be achieved, um, you know, when peace is uh, rendered and there is no change. Tonight we have discussed those things, some of it high temperature, some of it, you know, and I'm saying making sense, some of it baffling me, like, you know, burdens of, of black people being a burden on these cities when, you know what I'm saying, we've had injustice ever since we've been in the country, and we can't run from that. This has been your boy, Foster Jeezy, 516-418-5983, 516-418-5983. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Flossie Jeezy Show Worldwide, you know, Flossie Jeezy Sports and News. Okay, you know what I'm saying? You can find me on Reverb Nation. You know what I'm saying? I'm an artist. I produce beats over there. You got to eat the hot ones. And you can find me just about everywhere that the name Flossie Jeezy pops up. I want to thank you all for coming out. God bless you, and good night. Won't you niggas take a look at a real thug and see why your bitches get suspicious and feel slugs at me? To the day I die, hide in a motherfucker trying to take it something other than dying. What the fuck could you do to me but laugh and just stay in your place while a real player master this? I know it's having for G's and them 11 to squeeze about an ounce of body counts that drop past seven degrees. I'ma never go home, blasting on your bitch made, jealous ass niggas switching up like a switchblade. Life is what you make it, I'm making it dope. My dog died in the jail cell, shaking from rope. It's only one way out the game, and I suggest you stay. From SDK, profess on your chest and lace. Don't put your guns down, shoot for revolution and match. In other words, keep your shit cocked, shooting for cash.
high tens on the hip, six shooters inside a buggy. I bands approach hard, sliding on sea boats from the coast guard. Better warning, before I put something morning, man, hit your folks hard. That any mix, rapid fire quick like 20 blicks. Any click beefing, cause they don't know who they slimy with. Love's gonna get ya, who you sending? I'm bending, offending your little dogs, putting thugs on a stretcher. So suffer, look at a wiggle and don't touch ya. Muster, make suicidal threats to cover. You ain't a player, why you riding the fence? It ain't a rider, you just sucking now your pride is clenched. Once she go thug, she always be thug. Remember that, son. All I want is action. Don't hesitate to clap one. The east and the west got me trapped and stressed. But through the pain, all I'm trying to gain is happiness. Once you niggas take a look at a real thug and see why these suckers trying to fall on me. Hot Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.